This is a back-to-basics sermon about family on family day. And, and, and what kept going through my mind, what kept going through my mind as I was thinking of something was family feud. I don't know why family feud kept going through my mind. And, uh, you, you know, you remember the show. They surveyed 100 people on various topics and the families had to guess the answers if you remember how Family Feud worked. I looked online and I had a fun time playing a few rounds. Here's one. Here's a round. What does a person need to survive? What does a person need to survive? Now write your top answer down, okay? Write your top answer down. 100 people survey, top six answers on the board. Number six... Survey said health. Three people said health out of 100. Number five, shelter. Five people said that. Number four, love. Six people said we need love to survive. A person needs love to survive. Number three, this is kind of obvious, air. We need air. Eleven people said air. That's true, very true. Uh, The number two answer, 24 people said water. That's very true. And you'll be... You'll be happy about the number one answer because what's going to happen after this. The number one answer was food. Yeah, 46 people said that we need food to survive. I was reading the book called A Praying Life by Paul Miller. And his wife, Jill, asked him when their children were teenagers, Do you know what our family needs most? In his mind, he thought of a lot of things. He said her one-word answer caught him completely by surprise. Mercy. Mercy. We didn't need to get more organized, he said. We didn't need more money. We needed more mercy. That is the mindset that creates a praying heart. If you've got teenagers, you understand that. We need mercy as parents. This seems so simple. It seems so basic that we, that we needed mercy. How does one acquire mercy? Mercy. According to Vine's New Testament words, of, it, it, it's an outward manifestation of pity and it assumes need on the part of him who receives it and resources adequate to meet the needs of the, part who show, of the one who shows it. Let me explain. Let me give you an example. Uh, my wife, she works for Vanderbilt Children's Hospital as a nurse. Children come every day to Vanderbilt Children's Hospital and their parents have no insurance. They don't have any money. And their children are very sick. And so their children need help. They have a need. And the hospital treats them for free. They have a need. The hospital has the resources to meet that need. So the hospital shows mercy. The hospital shows mercy. A biblical example would be Luke chapter 10 verse 33. It's the parable where the parable starts of the man who was robbed. He was left with nothing. He was beaten and left on the road. He had a great need 
And it's of the Samaritan that sees his need. He has the resources to help this man by the side of the road who's been beaten and left for dead. And he shows the man mercy. Mercy. If a family is in want of mercy as a basic need, how do you get it? How do you obtain mercy? Back to vines I went. In, order of, in the order of the manifestation of God's purpose of salvation, grace, grace must go before salvation. In other words, in God's plan of salvation, the plan calls for us to have God's grace before we can have His mercy. When Paul writes to Timothy and, and Titus in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2, Titus chapter 1, verse 4, grace precedes mercy in his address. To receive God's grace, we must understand one basic rule for the whole family. One basic rule. All members of every and any family here today must abide by this one basic biblical rule. And it comes from just one short verse in the Bible. This is the back to the basics. This is where the rubber meets the road. It's the rule that's found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, from the King James Version. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The first word of this verse is a basic principle. In Matthew six thirty-three, seek. Seek. We must seek. We must seek. Grace and mercy are not just going to fall out of the sky for us. We've got to seek. God has done His part. He loved the world so much that He gave His only Son. We must seek. Like the woman in Luke chapter 15 verse 8. It's the parable that Jesus told of the woman who had ten silver coins and she lost one. And she searched the whole house. She swept the whole house looking for that one lost coin. She lit a lamp and she searched carefully for that one lost coin. I understand that. I understand that. Uh, I've told the story, Peyton. I promise I'm not embarrassing you. Where are you? There you are. But we had the check card incident. Remember the check card incident? I've told you guys about this. Peyton came home. He gave me. The, he slipped. He snuck the check card into my pocket without me knowing about it. And then I went about my routine. And check, Peyton, where's the check card? Well, I put it in your pocket. It's not here. We have searched that house over. Still hadn't found it. Had to go get a new check card. You, you, you have something important and you look for it. Your glasses, your billfold, your car keys. Uh, Sherry, last night, your telephone, right? Lost your telephone. We search for those things important. When we find them, we feel great. We feel good, don't we? Hey, if you seek the way God wants you to seek, you'll feel good too. You'll feel good too. When she found it, in the parable in Luke 15, she rejoiced. She rejoiced. The basic principle that everyone in every family must have is this willingness to seek. If you don't think the salvation of God is worth it, you never will. You never will seek. But that brings up the second basic rule contained in the word ye. 
Ye is old English for you. You is a pronoun for people. You and me, us, we must seek. We, we, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may, have rece- may, may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. As people, we must seek that this most basic of principles receives top priority. Top priority. This must be first. What we seek as people, as the people of God, if we want to be the people of God, this must be our top priority. This must be first in our lives. Matthew 19, 29. Here is how important and basic this is. Everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my namesake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. As people of God, this principle must be our top priority above family, above friends, above work, above food, above water, above air, above love, above shelter. Above health, seek ye first. What? A place. A place. The kingdom of God. The context here in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 is the church. How do I know? The Bible tells me so. In Mark chapter 9 verse 1, Jesus told his apostles that some would not die until the kingdom of God came with power. This was, the, this was promised again in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 when the Holy Spirit was promised to come with power. And this promised Holy Spirit, he, he came with power in Acts chapter 2 verse 4. And Jesus' iconic statement in Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 was fulfilled when he stated, I will build my church. There's only one. God, Colossians chapter 1 verse 13, delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. As a people... Our priority principle is to seek our place in God's kingdom, His church. Colossians chapter 1 verse 18, and Jesus is the head of the body, the church. We get into that body, the church, Colossians 2 verse 12, when we were, or whatever your case may be, when we are or we were buried with Him in baptism. Colossians chapter 2 verse 12. This basic principle needs a people whose first priority is a place, God's kingdom, His church. And, there's, that's a conjunction there, and the conjunction's function is to give equal weight to either side of the end. And what comes before and after will have the equal weight, the church of God and His Righteousness. That's what we're supposed to seek first. The church, the kingdom of heaven, and His righteousness. This is God's pattern. God's pattern. We must seek after God's righteousness and obtain it. And it's, that's right with God, to be right with God. That's what righteousness means. How do we find God's righteousness? How do we get in touch and come in contact with the righteousness of God so that we are righteous and that this relationship between us and God is right? 
Well, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for notice, instruction in righteousness. In God's Word, we find everything that we need to do God's work or make complete. In God's Word, we are shown the pattern to have a truly spiritually healthy family. That's what we want. We just want our kids to be healthy, don't we? Danny, you just want Tabitha to be healthy. You want her baby to be healthy. That's what Tabitha wants. What about your child's spiritual health? Do you want that to be healthy too? Tonight, I hope you can come back tonight. We're going to answer the question. This was a question from one of you. Are your children hellbound? And I hope you can be back here tonight for that and find out. We find everything we need in God's Word to be spiritually healthy in our family. In the Bible, we learn in the Bible, we learn the basics for living. We learn the the basics for for marriage. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. A marriage basic is to leave mama and daddy and the husband and wife are to cleave to one another. Genesis chapter 3, verse 16. Your desire, ladies, is to be for your own husband. Matthew chapter 19, verse 9, we learn that divorce is off the table except for sexual immorality. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 6, what God has joined together, let no man separate. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, wives are to submit to their husbands. The word submit in the original language is made up of two words, under and to yield. Verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. This is God's pattern. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives like Christ did the church. Humble yourself and die for her if need be. Love her like you would love yourself. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 28. That's the problem in a lot of marriages. Husbands don't even like who they are. Much less love themselves. How can they love their wife if they don't even like themselves? It's hard to love your wife if you don't love yourself. Chapter, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 33. Wives, you respect your husband, but only if he does this. But only if he does that. No, you respect your husband no matter. Respect him. Guys, let's give him something to respect. What do you say? This is the basics of marriage. This is a simple pattern to follow. Pattern, it's a pattern for parenting too. Notice Genesis chapter 3 verse 16. Ladies, in pain... Tabitha, bless your heart. I'm glad I'm not a girl. In pain you shall bring forth children. 
Randy, you had some kidney stones, didn't you? My wife has kidney stones too. My daddy had one one time. My daddy's in the audience. Don't be embarrassed, daddy. I'm not going to embarrass you. He had a kidney stone once, and he had a German nurse. And she said, well, Mr. Lovelace, I believe thou that you understand what it feels like for a woman to give birth. And he, under the, uh, for his credit, under the, under the guise, uh, under the influence of some hard narcotics at the time, he said, he looked at her, he said, I can't believe you were so silly to do this three times. <laughs> I will greatly multiply your sorrow, ladies. Hey, you mamas know The sorrow just doesn't end during childbirth, does it? There's great times and there's times you cry over your child. You don't just end there. It was painful just to watch this though. I tell you, Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4, the first and basic command to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and you shall teach your children diligently to do this if you're if you parents proverbs 22 verse 6 will train up a child in the way they should go they will not depart from it this is a challenge and fun to find each child's way because each child is different Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. There's a a lot riding on us fathers. We are not to provoke our children to wrath, to sin in anger, but to bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. The basic pattern for being a parent is found in God's Word. That's where we find this pattern of righteousness, to be right with God. The basic pattern for children in the audience too. Is found in, in Proverbs 1 verse 8. Listen to your father. Don't forsake the law of your mother. I would have had an easier life if I would have listened to my mom and daddy earlier in life. Obey your parents, Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 and 2. It, it's basic. It's basic. This is right. This is the right way to live. God will be pleased with you if you do this. Psalm 78, beginning with verse 2. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He has done. For He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. Every parent, every grandparent, every mother-to-be and father-to-be, every child in this audience, every family member here should put God first in their lives. If as a people we will seek the priority principle and find our place 
in the church and follow the pattern found in God's word so that we could be right with God, we will receive the promise of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. All these things will be added unto you. What things, Jesus? What things? Well, in the context of the passage, uh, food, clothing, shelter, maybe not everything you'd want, but certainly everything you need. And if we will put God first, we'll receive the basics. We'll receive the basics along with uh, Titus chapter 1 verse 2, the hope of eternal life which is which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. Before time began, we were promised eternal life if we, if we would do God's will. We are to Philippians 4 verse 6, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known to God and we'll receive not only, not only will we receive God's mercy, not only will we receive God's grace, but we will receive God's peace as well. Second John, verses 2 and 3. If the truth lives in us, John writes, grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. By God's grace through faith we have been saved. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Salvation is God's gift. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. In Jesus we are redeemed through the blood of Christ. By his blood our sins are forgiven. This is God's free gift. In Christ we come in contact with his blood. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. In him you trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 through 4, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the fact that he was seen by hundreds. And if we obey this saving gospel, Romans chapter 6 verses 1 through 4, by being buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk a new life, if we seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, All these things will be added unto us. Come now and be baptized. Walk forward and ask for prayers. The number one answer for you today is salvation. Come right now. As together we stand and sing.